Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Fueled by the outdoors, your source for hunting, fishing, archery, and all things outdoors. Just as a disclaimer, during this episode, Josh's volume sounds a little low. Um, That is due to a technical issue, but um, we hope to have it resolved in the future. Cheers. Cheers. Start it off. All right, ready? Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. I'm your host, Rick Cates, and I am joined tonight by Josh Luck again. How's it going, Josh? Going good. I got to do my uh, Chris Leppert impression here since he's not here. What's up, guys? (laughs) (laughs) That's his signature intro for the podcast. Or, what up, doe? So there's that one, too. But uh, Chris is not here with us tonight because... He had a baby opening weekend of turkey. Yes, he did. <laughs> so, um, baby and mom are doing fine. Congrats mm-hmm. to the Leopard family. Glad that uh, Kate is finally out and uh, their life can get settled back into some sort of normalcy. Yeah, huge congrats to them. I know Chris has been kind of anxious this past week just with anticipation. Uh, and they kind of called it. I think they were calling it this past Friday. Yeah, and that's when it happened. Yep. So we'll we'll, we'll get into that and how uh, Cade uh, prevented Chris from uh, hunting turkeys in Kentucky that day. Uh, kind of a humorous story. <laughs> I, I found it humorous, but I also went hunting. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we got a good bit of stuff to cover and it's only been a week since we last talked to everybody. Yeah. We've had a lot of stuff happen in this past week. So we had opening weekend of Kentucky. Yes. We had, we're recording this today, which is opening day of Ohio Turkey. Yep. Um, and then we, I mean, you hunted again, uh, what was it? Thursday. Yeah, I hunted a new um, WMA that I had never been before. You had been there. Yeah. Um, and you had, 
gracious enough to give me some info on it. I went there Thursday, didn't see anything, and then I hunted this morning for the Ohio opener. Yeah, and then I hunted Friday, and we'll get to that uh, here in a little bit. But, so, uh, we have to update you all. We made a bet with Luke and Chris, and... No money or dinners exchanged hands because the opening day of Kentucky, um, we we had an opportunity. Yes, we 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 did have an opportunity. We had a couple opportunities actually, um, and it just it didn't work out. But well, well, why don't why don't we just kind of roll into that? Yeah, we'll just get into it. So we went to a WMA in Kentucky. Um, that we weren't sure how many people were actually going to be on it. Uh, I mean, what time did we get there in the morning? Oh, we got there early. We had kind of a a high suspicion that there were going to be a decent amount of people there, just with some people talking on on different platforms and that. Um, but you guys had been there last year, yeah, and then had some success there. So we figured, you know, we'll. We'll go back there. Um, I never went with you guys. I joined you for our, for mm-hmm. our bet. And uh, Chris did some scouting. What Was it the Thursday or Friday before opener? It was the Wednesday before oh, the opener yeah, because right, it was right. raining. Yes. So he went the Wednesday before the opener, did some scouting, didn't see a lot of sign. So we really went into it kind of blind and just going off some of the knowledge you guys had from last season. Yeah. Uh, but we got there sp- Way before anyone else would even think about getting there. Um, and then when we started seeing some cars rolling up is when we all kind of dispersed and went to our yeah. areas. Yep. Um, and you and I split off and went to a section, and then Chris and Luke split off and went to a different section. Hiked to Mordor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they, they hiked a good bit. Fortunately, our walk was not bad that morning. No, no, it wasn't, it wasn't at all. And I think when we when we were getting set up, um, I think we counted four cars coming in, and I think that we suspected there was probably already one or two in the parking lot. Yeah. So we 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 had uh, we had pulled off a little bit uh, in an area where um, there wasn't really a parking lot, but it's legal to pull off. So we went ahead and did it. But we decided that we were going to hunt this area that when Chris. And Luke and I hunted it last year. We hunted it on the second morning, and we had a bird gobbling before some dude walked through another guy's decoy set and just killed the bird. But um, so we we go and we start getting set up. We get our filming stuff set up. We get our little area set up underneath a tree after we decided, you know, where would be best because the well, I mean, the property there. Like it just kind of falls off the sides. Like it, it's, I mean, it's not a true ridge top, but I mean, it's, I mean, it, it it's a ridge top. Yeah, essentially, it's, it's a lot of open fields on these ridge tops, and then off each side. I don't know if you would describe them as like ravines. They're yeah, pretty steep. I would call them ravines, um, mini the, canyons. Yeah, <laughs> in the creek bottoms and different fingers of wood mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, Which we weren't really aware of until later in the day. Yeah, yeah, we didn't realize quite how far that the hillside actually <laughs> dropped off into these bottoms yeah. until later on. Um, but we kind of set up on top. Yeah, you know, yeah. We, we had the decoys up there. We figured it would be a good vantage point. Um, if any birds kind of came up a little bit above us, uh, there was like a knoll to our left. 
they would be able to see our decoys and if anything came down further down the field mm-hmm. they'd be able to see our setup so um we thought we were pretty solid where we were at well yeah i thought i thought over the spot that we were at with the knoll that we were on we had a good vantage point um so we we got we got everything set up we put the decoys decoys out 20 yards in front of us mm-hmm. um felt like that was a good distance for where we were at because we're gonna if, if we put them out any further they were gonna fall off the side of that knoll and um i mean shooting light rolled around and i mean birds started gobbling yes um relatively i mean some were some were close close ish um who we definitely heard a jake gobbling on the roost um we heard a gobbler for sure um, and then we heard hens. Yeah. Um, I mean, two or three uh, yeah. different hens, right? Two or three different hens. We heard that Jake and that gobbler for sure. And then, on, I don't know, at 6.30-ish rolled around. We started hearing mm-hmm. more. Uh, I, I want to say we probably heard four to six different birds yeah. uh, while we were there. So we were pretty pretty pumped. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I was like – I was – super hopeful just from the standpoint that when we got there it was overcast we weren't sure what the weather was going to be they were starting to call for rain and then it got daylight and it wasn't raining we're like okay well this is good the sun just peeked through for a little bit Mm -hmm. so i started calling and when i heard the hens i started mimicking the hen um she didn't like that uh she kept yelping clucking cutting back at me so i kept doing the same thing back at her and she kept coming what sounded closer and closer and closer yeah. and then um we had <laughs> i mean the, the the bird couldn't have been 20 yards behind us oh he was super close when he went off so when so we're 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 sitting in this i mean little grove of trees and we're waiting to see, you know, anything. And all of a sudden, we hear a stick snap behind us, mm-hmm. like maybe 20 yards. And we hear that hen, and then we hear a gobble, like, right behind us. So we freeze. Um, but then the hen starts making noises and moving the other way, and we never hear that gobbler again. No, we kind of figured off she just moved on behind us mm-hmm. in the wood line and went on down the field. Exactly. And then... So the next thing that we did um, was we we look up and you go. Oh, yeah, at the edge of the field there. We look up and I tell Rick, I'm like, there's a bird, there's a bird. He's like, what, where? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like, at the other end of the field. So this hen. Like 100 yards away. Yeah. yeah like, she, the bird was not close. Yeah, she was not close. But I could just see her head pop out. And we freeze, and we're sitting there watching her, and she comes out you know, 10 yards out of the wood line, and then another bird pops out behind her. And I told Rick, and I was like, I think that's a Jake. And we couldn't really tell. And they, they kind of gradually worked towards our decoy set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as they kept getting closer, we still couldn't see any type of beard on this second bird. Right. We knew the first one was a hen. Ignore my dogs barking. <laughs> <laughs> So we we knew the first bird was a hen, and we weren't quite sure if the other one was a jake. We had a very high suspicion that it was, but we couldn't see a bird or anything, and Rick, you know, 
wasn't comfortable shooting it if you couldn't see the bird or the beard, which is, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, c- I couldn't judgment. see a beard. It wasn't in strut. You couldn't see spurs. Yeah, it was it was good judgment on your end. But no they, noises. No, no nothing. They worked towards our decoys, and then we thought they would stay up on the knoll, and then they dropped off behind our decoys, and we couldn't see them. Yeah, and I mean, they were down there, I mean, for what seemed like forever. So I I honestly assumed that they were pecking around or they went into the woods. So I made a couple calls. And I look up over the blind, and this hen's head just, like, shoots up. And she's, like, looking right in our direction. Mm -hmm. So we freeze again, and we don't move. And she just kind of feeds up past us, but we're still missing a bird. And at that point, we see another bird at the end of the field. So when I call... There's a Jake at the end of the field right where these birds came out of and is just gobbling, like yeah, just is. doing his little Jake gobble. And, um, and this other bird that we were waiting on, just it, 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 we can't find it. We can't see it. So I'm like, well, I'm I'm going to call this bird in. So I call um, and I get my gun up. And as soon as I hit that first yelp, the head of the other bird shoots up maybe 25 yards past, like like away from us over that knoll. Mm-hmm. Still cannot see a beard. No. Nope. So this other bird is at the other end of the field gobbling its head off, um, trying to bring it in, and the other bird that came in at first with the hen like starts fast walking. And at 50 yards it turns, and it's got this thin little you know <laughs> thumb beard sticking out of its front yeah it was like sticking straight out uh, straight out it and was it was like chris on a cold day <laughs> <laughs> it, it it was like i had i had that tss that aaron like got me like made for me and i didn't feel comfortable pulling trigger at 50 yards on a jake that's running away and I figured, well, maybe the other one will come in, and then it, it, it just didn't happen. So that was that was like what nine o'clock? No, that was earlier. No, that, that was earlier than that. That was that was that was like seven thirty. Yeah. Because then we had that other bird come in the field. We had a hen come in from that same area, yep. a big hen. Yeah. Um, and she, I mean, we probably watched her for what twenty minutes, at least. I mean, so we we watched this bird for twenty minutes. It works up past us. So we're debating on what to do, and we go. We we finally decide, like, okay, we're gonna give it till nine o'clock, and at nine o'clock we're gonna get up, we're gonna move. So nine o'clock rolls around, we get up, and you get up, and like you're moving around, and you look up at the other end of the field, and then I'm I'm like packing shit up, I'm like trying to get my decoy, and you're, and you're like you grab me, and you say there's a bird at the top of the field, yeah, but we we weren't sure what it was at that point. Yeah, I just kind of peeked my head around and looked towards our left, up towards the top of the knoll, and I could see the silhouette of a bird, and I ducked back real quick, and I was like, Frick, there's there's another bird. So we sit there and wait, and we didn't see anything, and I peeked my head back out. No bird. So we, we finished packing up our yeah. stuff, and um, we kind of head up towards the top of the hill. Mm-hmm. We're just peeking our heads around, right? We kind of look up over these knolls. There's these little fingers of fields that kind of branch off in a couple of different directions. 
and uh, you had stopped me all of a sudden. You were like, there's a bird, there's a bird. And I, like, peek up around you, and I could see a hen, and then you take another step, and you saw a tom that I couldn't see. I was still behind you, so we ducked down real quick. Yeah. And on he was he was like in he was like in three quarter strut too yep. like like he he was like it 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 wasn't one of those ones where they're just kind of like like looking around it was like he was like trying to get that hen's attention mm-hmm. yeah so we you drop down I drop down and then we start belly crawling towards these birds we we have the high spot on the hill and it's fairly grassy so they they can't really see us right. And um, we're just slowly belly crawling on our way. I don't know. How far do you think we were from them? We weren't that far. I mean, we belly crawled 50 yards at least. Yeah. And then when I popped up to see where they were at, um, <clears throat> that bird, the tom, was 70 yards from us. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive that bird was 70 yards. So, <clears throat> we belly crawl a little bit longer. And I get my gun ready, and when I get up to look, the tom is directly in line with the hen. Now, the hen is probably, I don't know, 40 yards past it, but, like, the way the way that I was lined up was um, if I had a rifle and I shot the tom, it would have went straight through the hen. Yeah, um, just, just the it, angle we were. It, it, was, it, a was, it was a bad angle. So I try to reposition and get to a different way. And by the time we get up there, like 50 yards from 50, 40 to 50 yards from where I think we where we can get a shot of this bird, I get up and I see the hen all the way at the end and I don't see a tom. So we went and we let the hen work its way around and we get up and we walk the tree line at that point. And we're still looking for this Tom, like thinking maybe it's there. And we get, I don't know, 20 yards. And the little shit was inside the tree line the entire time watching us. And as soon as we hit an opening, he like bolted down into the woods. So it sucked, but like it was it was a good experience like to to see a bird, you know. I mean, it it was a nice bird. Seven. I mean, what we now know is a 7.2 inch beard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, so we 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 decided at that point, like, okay, well, we're we're gonna go bounce around and see what else we can find. So we went back to our cars, and at that point, more people were coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, we didn't go back. We didn't go back to the cars at that point. We went back and picked up our stuff, and we went down into that ravine. Yeah, and yeah. what we we learned by doing that was that there was this like tiered bench system like all throughout those hills. all throughout those hills so the the this ravine i mean i don't know how far it went down i mean maybe i mean 150 200 feet i don't know at least it was so yeah it was like 150 to 200 feet but there's this tiered bench system that as you go down um we realized that the bird we thought was 20 yards behind us was 20 yards behind us, but it was also probably 10 to 12 feet below us on a bench. Yeah. Um, and these these areas were, like, littered with acorns. Um, these birds have probably been in and out of there. But as we're walking down these bench, like, we hear a gobble. Yeah. So. That, that's the one that sounded like it was on the other ridge. It sounded like it was on the other ridge. So we, 
make a long story short, uh, we went back and forth across this ridge area, I think a total of four times the entire day, yeah, chasing going, one bird. Going back and forth. And we could not figure out why this bird, it would sound like it's on one ridge and it would sound like it's on another. And we just, we kept running back up and down, up and down um, throughout the day, but that that's we'll get to that later. So we we go up and we look around and we don't see anything. We go to the parking lot eventually. Yeah. Um only to find out there was two hunters watching us the entire time <laughs> while we were army crawling um and they <laughs> uh I mean what they were in their maybe like 70s late I mean maybe 60 70s. They were they were from Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah, so they came down from Pennsylvania to hunt turkeys, which um, there was somewhere else. Uh, where was I at? I, I went. I went to the other place you went to on uh, opening weekend, and there was another Pennsylvania tag there. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I guess, I guess people from Pennsylvania come down here to hunt turkeys. Now I wasn't I aware of that, <laughs> but they're like, uh, "Were you boys? Were you the two boys that were crawling across the field? Were you? Were you? Were you trying to reap a turkey?" We're like, "No." <laughs> like, what were you doing? Like. We had a bird in front of us, and uh, Josh was recording with his with his phone behind me. And they're like, "We couldn't figure out what you what you had in your hands if you, the guy with the gun in the, was in the front." And then we thought, "Like, man, that's real dangerous." So, um, just remember, don't don't ever try to reap a turkey on no. on public land. Um, I don't know that I'd suggest it on private land in some areas, but um, at that point, we met up with Luke and Chris. Yep. Um, after we heard another bird, um, and then it started to rain. Mm-hmm. And it didn't just start to rain. Like, it started to rain, rain. Yeah, a good bit. Um, so we're all soaked at that point, and we make our way back down into the ravine, back up to the top. And then we don't hear anything. Chris and Luke think we're lying to them, that we just lured them away from birds and that uh, <laughs> all this stuff. So... Chris is making crow calls, all this kind of stuff. Luke's making fun of me because he said that I couldn't hear a bird. Um, I'm like, I'm telling you, I just heard a bird. It's over there. And then he rips out a hen call, and this bird starts gobbling. Thing hadn't, couldn't have been 100 yards from us. Yeah, it was hammering down on that ravine system where we had told them right that we were having trouble getting on this, on this bird. And uh, to, to kind of preface this, when we met up with – Chris and Luke in the parking lot. They they had only been on one bird, one bird that that morning, the first part of the morning. And when they met up with us, we kind of made a game plan. We we're like, all right, none of us killed anything yet. Let's just all four. We're going to work together and try and kill this bird that's been gobbling. Down. Yeah, and it, and at that point, I switched because we we did a coin flip to see who would kill, who would get shoot first yep. with us. And at that point, I'm like, I had my opportunity. I blew it. Like it, it's it's Josh's turn for the rest of the day. Yeah. So I was a shooter and Chris was a shooter. Yep. Uh, we were shooters. Well, we were up on that ridge near where we had originally set yes. up. Yes. Luke lets out a couple uh, hen yelps and then that bird just goes off. And we kind of sat there and talked about it. And what Luke had mentioned, which we didn't it didn't kind of dawn on on us until he mentioned it. He's like, I bet that bird's staying in the bottom, and why it sounds like it's going between these two ridges is that he's just staying in the bottom and it's just turning which way he's gobbling. Yep. Like he could be on a bench and just turning. And down in those ravines, those gobbles echoed. And those birds 
I mean, it would sound like they were one spot, one second, and then if they turned, they would sound in a completely different area. Well, and the, these ravines aren't like your typical... Like, when, when, I, when I think of a ravine, like, I think of, like, an area that goes down and it might have, like, a like a bowl shape near the bottom. These would be, like, if you went to... If you went to the store and you looked at, like, a deep V t-shirt, that's the way that these <laughs> ravines are made. Um, there's There's very... There's not a lot of clearance in the bottom of these things. Like, it's like it hits, maybe goes for 15, max 20 feet, and then straight back up, um, you know, up, up the side of a hill. Yeah. Which, on Sunday, we figured out where that bird was. Oh. We'll get into that. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so we, we get down in this ravine system. Mm-hmm. and um, At this point, it's pouring rain yeah. as well. Yeah, so our idea was like, okay, let's surround the bird. Chris and Luke went on down this ravine. They got up back on top of the ridge. They went mm-hmm. all the way down. And then the bottom of it is this creek system. So they went all the way around this bird back into the creek. And uh, you and I had stayed on the other end. Yeah. And we kind of slowly worked towards each other. And we figured, like, well, this bird's either going to work one way towards one of the groups, or if one group spooks him, he's going to work right back towards the other one. Yeah. And, uh, he and we're not close by any means by uh, – we, sh- we should mention that, too. Um, we are in no means close to each other. So no, this was, is this is a safe shooting situation oh, as well. Yeah, like probably four or 500 yards yeah. difference between yeah. where we're at. Um, but that bird eventually starts shutting up, and we didn't hear anything for a while, and it was raining. And uh, we – that kind of concluded our day. Yeah. We learned quite a bit. Um, just from that one day, uh, I think you and I hiked like six and a half miles yeah. total. And then Chris and, uh, him and Luke did about eight. Well, and what's nuts is like, we did six and a half miles and we did not leave the front area. No. We, we did, we did not access. We stayed between realistically, we stayed between three fields. Yes. And, and, and that was it. And we didn't even access the third field because we ran into a hunter coming up, uh, the power line area. Mm-hmm. So like we we <laughs> we we did six and a half miles between two fields just 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 to give you guys an idea of like the, the size of these ravines. So I could not hunt. Well, we should tell them about dinner. So so we we all decided like when this was done, like Chris is Chris is cashed. Luke was running on maybe forty minutes of sleep. Yeah, because uh, he drove. He left work at like ten or eleven, and he he's got like a. Four and a half hour drive to get just down. to get to Chris's. Yeah, just to get to Chris's. So <laughs> he, Chris <laughs> was supposed to leave his door unlocked. So when Luke got there at I don't know, one two a.m., he could go in and just crash on the couch because they were getting up within the next hour yeah. or so to meet us at the WMA in Kentucky. Yeah. Well, Luke gets <laughs> to Chris's house. And not only is the door locked, but the deadbolt is also locked. <laughs> <laughs> so Luke is locked out of Chris's house, and Chris is, you know... Dead, dead to, to the sl- world. Yeah. Dead to sleep. And so poor Luke had to sleep in his car. Said he got maybe 45 minutes of sleep. So he's just wiped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he... I mean... It, when when you go hunting, like at least for me, it's like 
I, I'm not going to sleep on the way to a hunt. I'm like too amped up for like, and it's it was opening day, yeah. so I'm just like, it's like there's no way in hell he's going to sleep. So he took a, like a lot of little naps throughout the day, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you know, the the a turkey nap is like you might doze off for like ten fifteen minutes because yeah. you don't want to miss much. <laughs> so we we are we are all like wiped. We're soaking wet, mm-hmm. and. The area that we're in, there's like four restaurants we can go to. So we decide on this Mexican restaurant. No one won the bet. No one killed. No one won the bet. So we all, we all decided like we're just gonna go all have dinner together. We're gonna like debrief what we all saw. So we go in, and um, it was an interesting experience in the sense that I don't know that this place had had this many people. It was, I mean, this place was packed. Like, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it was, it was very packed. It was a Saturday night and I get that it was right around dinner time. Um, so we, so we, so we put it, we, we put in our drink order and we order some, uh, chips and salsa and some queso and we're, we're sitting, we're sitting around eating, talking, and then it comes time to like order dinner and <laughs> Chris, Chris orders, um, Chris goes, I want, um, Chris goes, I want, goes to order his food and he goes, I want three chicken soft tacos. What was it? Uh, cheese and lettuce only. Not not chicken. Uh, No, he, he wanted steak. He wanted steak. That's right. He wanted steak. So he goes, he goes, I want three steak soft tacos with cheese and lettuce only. A side of queso and French fries. And French fries. <laughs> um, I have only ever been to a Mexican restaurant with two individuals who have ordered uh, French fries. One was one was a college roommate, Brett. If you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> he told me like we we went to a Mexican restaurant once, and uh, it was it was the one in Moorhead where we went to school. It's called La Finca, and he goes. Uh, I want a burger and fries. And it's, it was on the menu. So, like, they brought him a burger and fries, but it was, like, ground burger. Like, it, it was not a patty. It was, like, ground <laughs> burger on a bun with some cheese melted on it and, like, hand-cut fries. So, Chris orders his his food. You order your food. I order mine. And Luke orders whatever the heck he orders yep. because he's on a challenge or something. I don't know. But um, it looked good. Uh, so food was really slow coming out. Um, it took forever. It took forever. So and again, like it was busy. I, I I throw it up to that. Like that. That's what I'm. That's what I'm going to go with. I can't think that this place is that bad all the time. And I can't tell you where it is because it will give away where we were hunting at. And I'm not going to do that. So we all like Luke gets his food. You get your food. I'm waiting on mine, and they bring Chris's tacos. Yep. And he like if you if you ever order tacos at some Mexican restaurants, they're like they close them in foil and then they set them on a plate. So Chris is like starving at this point. They gave him a little thing of queso, and he's just kind of like staring at him. And he goes and he opens. <laughs> he opens, <laughs> I can't even say this. <laughs> he, he opens the tacos. It was like a kid. Opening something on Christmas and like getting a pile of crap in it. <laughs> he was and so disappointed. He's so disappointed. So he looks at it and I'm like, 
is is there not lettuce? And he goes, oh, no, there's lettuce. And I'm like, is there no cheese? He goes, there's cheese. And he, was, goes, he got chicken. He got chicken. Steak. And he was, he was pretty specific when he ordered. He yeah. wanted steak and not chicken. I mean, look look the guy dead in the eyes. And, yeah. I mean, if you've ever heard Chris enunciate an order, it is, like, very clear what the man wants. <laughs> so they bring me my food. And then they, like, Chris is sitting there staring at it. Um, just in disgust at this point. Like he's waited all this time for the for this for this chicken. So Luke, so Luke starts eating his in front of him. He's like, "Hey Chris, do you want to do you do you want to taste what 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 real steak tastes like?" And like starts offering starts offering him food. So they bring they bring Chris's fries. Um, and he's like, "Hey, uh, our 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 waiter comes up and he's like, "Hey, this is not right. I ordered steak and not chicken." And the guy like promptly takes out his his pad and is like incredulous almost that mm-hmm. that Chris has even uh, brought this up to him, <laughs> and he like flips it open and you just see the guy's eyes wide and he's like, oh, I I I'm so sorry, sir, and like yeah. he grabs the food and, like goes back. Those t- those steak tacos came out in maybe two minutes, so fast, so fast. <laughs> and then Chris goes to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> He, he like he, it looked like he was chewing on a piece of tire. <laughs> oh man, he, his face once he bit into those tacos. Because once he got the steak tacos, he got excited again. He got real excited, real excited. And then he ate them, and then all the look on his face. <laughs> and I look at him, I'm like, I'm like, dude, they can't be that bad. And like, I'm like, give me a piece of the steak, and I chew it, and I'm like, man, this is bad. <laughs> so like, the guy comes back, like we've all eaten at this point. Yeah. And Chris, like, eats his fries and, like, half of his steak taco. And the guy is like, do you want me to box up? He goes, no. Like, guy doesn't even get out. no, I don't. He's like, are, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. I, I'm done. Just bring, just bring us our checks. So that so that was that was the end of day one. Yeah, um, that, so there were no winners in our bet. But if there was a loser, I would say it would have to be Chris. Definitely Chris. Chris <laughs> lost. Chris lost that day. Yes, he did. <laughs> Spooked a turkey and got mystery meat tacos. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, I couldn't go out the second day because I was. What was I doing that day? Uh, oh, I, I had little league pictures that day, yeah, yeah. so I had to do little league pictures. But you guys went back out to that same WMA, and it was you, Chris, and Luke. Yeah, so us three went back out to the the same spot and then we didn't split up we all three stayed together and our plan was okay all three of us have an opportunity to shoot we're gonna all three work together and just try and kill a bird here because we know they're here a single bird yes we were bound and determined to get that bird that we had heard and worked hard for the first day but Mm -hmm. didn't get Um, so we went up back towards the area you and i originally were and we got there super early again because mm-hmm. you and I had ran into hunters, multiple hunters, and then so did uh, Chris and Luke. And we knew there were people coming back for the second day. Um, so we get there way before anyone else does. We go back um, near where we had originally set up. Um, there was a, a pond near this field, and we kind of stayed near there. And this is maybe 50 yards from where rick and i had belly crawled after that one that one tom so our plan was okay we're just gonna stand here wait once we hear some gobbles then we're gonna 
make our move and go after them because we weren't sure if they were going to be down in this ravine system or somewhere else. So we're there, and we're probably standing out there before any light. Legal. We were there at least an hour before legal shooting light, just waiting there. We were kind of chit-chatting back and forth. And then we hear some cars go down the road, and it sounded like a couple had stopped or we had parked. Yeah. And we were like, ah. Uh, we, there was a couple fields closer to the parking lot or the pull-off area, and we were like, man, I hope they stay up there. Um, but it gets – it's about 6 o'clock. So 30 minutes before first light, yeah, for well, shooting light. Shooting light was yeah. like 626 or something <clears throat> yeah. like that. So less than 30 minutes. So we're standing there, and five people start walking. Five? Up. Five of them. Five people. <laughs> I thought, oh Jesus! I thought, had, it was, I thought it was just the four people that we ran into the day before. I thought, and I'm like, no, it was it was definitely some of the people we ran into the day before, and I don't know if they brought someone else with them. <sighs> they had two bags of decoys with them. They had they were just loaded up with stuff. Good lord, were they duck hunting? <laughs> but they start walking towards us, and they weren't going to say anything. They got maybe like twenty yards from us, and then I kind of waved to them. They're like, "Oh, good luck, guys!" And they walk past us. And then heading to those um, two little fingers of a field that kind of worked off the main field. Uh, oh, okay. So where we saw the Tom and the Hen go into? Yeah, where we saw okay. the Tom and Hen go to. Two of them, they split up. So two went back into that field. And then a little on down, there was another thing, a little finger yeah. in the field. Three of them went down over there. Why the hell would they go? That's a dumb place to set up. I, I don't know. Um, but they split up. And we were pretty aggravated because we were like, man, we've been here. Like an hour before anyone else, and these people they just walked right past us. So, if you go back a few uh episodes of the podcast, we talk about public land etiquette. There, there was and about not walking through guys' decoy sets <laughs> or checking with them and saying, Hey, is it gonna bother you if we go in here? Like, because I'll be, I'll be very honest with you, if they said we're gonna go all the way down past you guys and to the other end of that field, I don't know that I would have had a problem with that. No, we we wouldn't have. Yeah, um, they didn't stop and be like, "Hey, you know, you guys are here first. Where are you going? What are you thinking about going here?" None of that stuff. They go and set up. So we're kind of frustrated, just standing there, and we're like, "Well, we're going to stick to our game plan. We're going to wait until we hear gobbles and then go move on the birds." Right. As we're standing there, we start hearing some gobbles. Some were down in that ravine system. We almost had a bird fly down on us. Are you serious? Yeah, we were by that pond, and then. Off the hillside behind us, a bird comes up and lands. It saw us, so it landed in the tree right before the field. And we couldn't tell what it was. Luke was pretty sure it was a tom. But, I mean, it was still kind of dark, just getting light. We had, uh, actually, I think it might have been shooting light. It was very close to it. And we're like, uh, what do we do? Is this bird going to just, we didn't think it was going to fly down right in front of us. But maybe 50 yards from it, we could see it in the tree plain as day. Well, not playing a stick because we couldn't see the beard, but <laughs> Luke was pretty sure he could see a beard, but it was hard to tell if it was the beard or an actual And stick. L- Luke is shooting at this point, right? Like well, All three of us. All three. All okay. Three of us all right. Um, so we're sitting there waiting. Luckily, this bird ends up turning back towards the ravine and flying down into another tree. So we're like, okay. okay. And we, um, we hear another bird go off down a- a- across that little saddle uh, yeah. where we saw those hens. Where we saw the hens. Um, down in that other ravine system, we hear a gobble down there. 
which isn't too far from those two people that split off up in mm-hmm. the middle of the field. It's it's kind of down in the ring below them. So we go to the the woods uh, kind of comes up into a little finger down in the saddle and we were like let's go set down here because from what we learned on the first day once those birds learned that they were pressure on the fields they didn't come out in the fields no they they would stick like right inside the wood line yeah they would stick inside the wood line they were working those ravine systems staying in the woods and if they crossed uh, you and I on the first day came yeah. across you know multiple tracks and these little saddles yep. that would essentially come out of one finger of woods and go into another finger of woods, essentially where where the the two closest points of the woods were, right? So mm-hmm. they had maybe 50 yards to come out in the open in this field. So we went down, we set up in that finger, and we're like, if this bird flies down and works his way this way, he's going to come through here. He's not right. going to go up to that field. Um, so we're sitting there. We hear those people start calling, and that bird's responding. Luke's calling a little bit, and Luke, Luke is definitely a better caller. Luke, Luke's what, – what's crazy about that, too, is if I'm not mistaken, Luke has not been using a mouth call for too terribly long. I don't think so. No, like he – he um, I think he really just, like, started getting on it last year, and he, he's he's an excellent caller. Um, he's, not not going to win, like, a turkey – like the world turkey calling championships or anything, but like he's he's an excellent caller nonetheless. Yeah, he's definitely better than most. Yeah. So anyway, he's he's calling a little bit, and this bird's responding, and I don't know, maybe ten minutes go by, and then we hear this bird gobble again. It sounds like he had pitched in. It sounded a little lower, and so we're waiting there, and then he gobbles again, and it sounded farther away, and um, we're we're kind of sp- us three are split up. Luke went on a little, or Luke and I stayed down towards that finger near the bottom, and we were kind of angled at two different directions um, in case that bird decided to come out either two spots. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Chris went up on the little knob near the um, pond up there. Yeah, yeah. Just in case that bird happened to come out in that field over Mm -hmm. there. Um, Well, once we heard that bird get farther away, Luke had texted on a group and was like, hey, I think we should move and try and get ahead of this bird. Like, he's moving away from those other hunters. So we all get up real quick, and we start. We get up to Chris, and we wait there, and we hear the bird gobble again. And this time it's a little bit farther. Now these these ravine systems kind of go all around these fields, Mm -hmm. and this bird was essentially just staying in the wood line in this ravine system working his way around. So we go up to this, this little saddle, that's kind of if, if this bird would stay in the ravine system, we figured he would loop all the way around, and then that saddle would be a potential where he's coming out. Right. So we, uh, Chris stayed there and watched the road, and then Luke and I went up a little bit further because the bird had kind of stopped gobbling, and we waited for a little bit, and then he just went off again, and he was even further down this this ravine system, went around another field. So. At this point, he he wasn't very far from us. There was this knoll in front of us, that, and then it went down and over into the ravine, and we were like, man, he's got to be right over there. So Luke and I hunker down, hug the wood line, go up into this high spot where there's this small patch of, of trees and mm-hmm. brush. And at this point, we're like 80 yards maybe from the pull-off where all the cars are. And we get okay, up there, yeah, yeah, I know. I know we get up there about. and there's my car and then there's 
four other vehicles. Jesus. I'm like, holy cow. Uh, but we're maybe 80 yards from the vehicles. So we, we we're up on that high point. <clears throat> I get on one side of the brush, and then I'm facing down the road kind of the way we came in case the bird comes out of the wood line that way. And then Luke goes up behind me to my left and is facing down the road, kind of pointing towards the, the pull-off where the vehicles mm-hmm. are. So we kind of have the, the entire road covered. And we're like, man, if this bird comes out of these woods at all, like w- someone has to see him. So this bird goes off again, and he's close. So I'm sitting there, and I can't see Luke from my position. Um, but Luke's over there, and he's doing some very light calling. Mm-hmm. Right? Not sounding like any other guys, doing very minimal. Um, just Sounding like an actual bird yeah. versus a kid <laughs> a kid with a box call. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so he's being very smart, right, and just doing a little bit. And this bird's responding. And uh, I'm sitting there, I don't know, maybe – 10 minutes goes by and then i hear luke yell out a couple clucks and then i hear boom and then nothing else i thought i heard him run out and i was like luke luke and he doesn't respond so i swing around the corner and he's there and his gun's jammed and I oh jeez and then he, he gets it squared away and then points the gun up again and shoots again and at this point he turns back around towards me and like gives a fist pump so i run down there and it's it's a nice bird. It's a nice public land bird. Um, we're pretty sure it's. I think it's the one that you and I tried to belly call up. On. That, that's like judging by where you were telling me where you guys shot this bird at when I saw the picture, and like I had said to you guys um, that like when I saw that original bird, I'm like this. I'm like it was a bird that had a seven to eight inch beard. Yeah, like it was a, it was a nice tom, and it was just I like. When you when I saw that picture of it, I'm like, "That's that bird. Like, has to has to be that bird." I think it had roughly an eight inch beard. Yeah, we kind of kind of rough measured it right around probably eight inch mark. Yeah, yeah. But we were super stoked. Chris come running down the road. We tell him bird down, and you know he comes <clears> up, and we're all high fiving, and we're kind of telling the story to each other. Mm-hmm. But it it was a lot of fun. It what made it. What really made the moment for us was, you know, those other people that walked past us showed really no etiquette. You know, they were trying to call this bird, and then we ended up killing it by their vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then smearing the blood on their windshields. No, they didn't do that. Um, no, like, that, that's that's so cool, though, because um, I've said this before, I'm a big believer in karma, and... You know, if if you're going to do that stuff where you walk through someone's set or you're going to do something like that, you, the the bad the bad luck's going to like descend on you like the plague at some point and yeah, it'll it, catch up. It, it'll catch up and like I'm 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 stoked that you guys got that bird. Like I was I was so pumped. And then when you sent me the picture of like how many cars were parked there and like where you guys killed that bird, I was even more pumped. Because I'm like, you guys killed that bird so close to those people's cars, <clears throat> and they purposefully. The the thing the thing that uh, we didn't tell you is that we talked to two truckloads of people when Josh and I went. When we like made like a lunch stop at our vehicles yeah, on the first day. On the first day, and we had a truck pull up, and he's sitting there talking to us, and you know the conversation starts ending. And I'm like, well, good luck to you, and the guy just kind of sits there. And he doesn't move his truck. I'm like, like everything okay? He goes, yeah. I'm just waiting on my other boy. He uh, 
he's the one who actually scouted this area. He's right behind us. Okay, so then his other boy pulls up um, in a truck and has his wife or girlfriend or whatever with him. And the dude is like death staring us that we have parked in this area. Um, and he's like, he's like, yeah, he came up here and scouted and he knows where all the birds are at. And like we did the courteous thing, like we waited and said, hey, how's it going? Dude just like stared at us and drove by and was could I mean, was looked like he was so unbelievably pissed that someone went there. And how dare they, even though these guys told us they went to a different county that morning mm -hmm. because they wanted to go hunt that property. And it's like when, when you when you start doing that kind of garbage, you know, to me that, you know, you're walking through sets because you feel like you scouted an area. Um, well, guess what? You need to figure out you need to figure out a different game plan. Like you, you need to scout more than one area. Like if you know the birds are in that area, you better have three plans to go hunt those birds in that area. Because I've been in plenty of t places before where you'll go in and there's a guy there and you're like, OK, if I want to hunt this, I need to go and do it a different way because I'm not going to I'm not going to do this and like ruin this guy's hunt. And it, it was like I'm, I'm just so, so pumped that you guys killed that bird. Yeah, we were super stoked. And that's I mean, that's kind of what we learned or at least what i learned while we were there those two days was you gotta be able to adapt um, have to you have to especially on that wma yeah have on, to on high pressured public land like if you want to be successful like you have to adapt yeah so speaking of success i'm going to pour myself <clears throat> another drink here and talk about this i uh i am drinking um wild turkey 17 year this is the master's keep so um if you haven't seen it already i posted a video uh friday at about i don't know how early was that it was pretty early i mean i eight nine nine i mean i think i think i posted it eight o'clock um and it was me on my tailgate uh drinking a bourbon mm -hmm. and uh the reason was uh, I got permission after opening day. Um, a buddy of mine from college, uh, Bruce, I won't give the last name so people don't go searching this guy out, but um, he he's, he's uh, you know, for, I, I lived with this guy for like a year and a half. Did not know he hunted at all. Um, I like found this out about multiple like fraternity members that I had, like, all these guys hunted, and had, we had, like, no idea because we just kind of, like, didn't hunt when we were in college. So he buys a farm, I think, two years ago, 113 acres, and he started turkey hunting. So he invited a guy that uh, we went to college with and was in our fraternity, West down, and uh, they went and hunted. And he's like, hey, do you, how'd you do? I'm like, we're hearing birds, um, saw Jake, whatever. And uh, he texts me, he's like, he goes, man, we're hearing birds everywhere. And he goes, we just, we couldn't get on them. And I like, I, I went to his property, I want to say in July or August of last year to help him fell some trees and clear out some stuff to get set up for deer season down there. Cause he wanted to get like, he's got these big, beautiful, like, like shooting lanes and like uh, ATV tracks where these deer just like, there's a ton of deer down there. So. He, he and I are talking. He's like, well, why don't you go to my property? And he goes, you can hunt turkey. And I'm like, are, are you sure? So coincidentally, um, my work didn't schedule any clients for me on Friday. So I'm like, well, 
you mind if I go down there on Friday? And he's like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Here's, you know, gives me the code for the gate and everything like that. So um, my wife is out of town. My mom and dad had the boys. So I had, I had like a free day, completely free day. It does not happen that much. <laughs> um, so I... I go down there, and I, I mean, I get up uh, still early because I want to drive. It's a forty-five minute drive to this place. Um, I have not walked to the area where he told me where he was hearing birds, so I gave myself a half hour, like to park, get there, um, and, and walk in. So I get there, and I get I get all my stuff loaded up. Um, I only took a hen decoy with me. I didn't feel like I needed the Jake. I'm just like, I don't feel good about setting the Jake out there. I just, I think I'm just going to take a hen. I, I you know, it, it typically I'll, I will only use a hen decoy and I, I just feel like it's better. Uh, there's no um, worries that I have to have about someone else shooting in the area or something like that. If there's a hen. So say that, say this, I start, um, I go down past his uh, place that he's built, and I go up a hill, <clears throat> and I'm about halfway up this hill, and it's a big field, and you know how I jumped when the bird flew mm-hmm. when when we were looking for that tom? Yeah. Um, it's dark. I've got my <laughs> headlamp on, and like I'm walking up, and I hear something in front of me, so I'm like, I like jump, and then I look, and it's something on the ground moving towards me. And, like, all I could think of is that Bobcat video where that dude gets, like, like attacked by that Bobcat. Yeah. Was not a Bobcat. It was a skunk. Oh. And it charged. I've never had this happen. This thing charged at me and started hissing. <laughs> so, like, I jump back and, like, start running the other way. And thank God, like, I was far enough away because he turned. And when they turn, like that's that's when like when they spray. Mm-hmm. So thank God, like it didn't it didn't spray, because um, I'm pretty sure I would have gotten hit. <laughs> so like, th- and and this is this is literally on the walk in. So it's it's five fifty. Shooting lights at six twenty. My heart rate heart rate is already like racing. So I'm like, okay, like just just get up, get to the top of this hill, get to the pasture, and like you'll you'll be fine. So I get I get to the top of the hill. And the way, the way Bruce's property works is like there's this area that buckles down into maybe a 20-foot wide gap. And I am walking through there, and I see a red light. And there's an area where he told me, like, farmers stop and they drink beer and stuff. And I'm like, I figured, like, it was just, like, someone forgot to unplug a, you know, a extension cord or something. Like, they got, they got like, literally, like, the car batteries they've, sh- like, shit hooked up to. <laughs> so I look, though. The light's moving. I'm like, well, this is weird. So I walk by, and there's a hunter there in a blind on the next property over. And I'm like, I, like, walk by, and I, I say, hey. And he goes, hey. I'm like, how's it going? He goes, good. And I'm like, are, are you are you hunting this area? And he goes, no, I'm pointed down into the bottom. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to bother you if I go over to this. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You're not going to bother me at all. Okay. Um, so... Again, that's the proper way to uh, talk to somebody. Yes. Um, I would have found another way around that. Um, in fact, I know what I would have done. I would have went down around into the ravine on, on the right-hand side of his property. I would have walked up the creek, and I would have went probably 300 yards in the other direction because there's another open pasture. And it's all played out in my head. But 
I walk through the opening and then it opens up into another field and he I'm like, Well, he's not pointed this way. He's said he's not hunting this field. I'm gonna put my stuff out here. So there's this nice little knoll. Um and I put my hen decoy up twenty five yards away and I get underneath some cedars and find a nice little spot. I just hunker in and wait for the sun to come up. Uh so <clears throat> the sun starts to come up and this bird is I don't know, 150 yards away in a tree, and it is just hammering, like, every minute, just hammering, hammering, hammering. Hoot owl call, hammer. Other turkeys call, hammer. And this bird just will not shut up. I call, it's hammering. So, all of a sudden, like, every gobbler in the area just decided to start going off. Um, So, I counted, I think, eight different birds then <clears throat> I start hearing a hen and I'm thinking like, well, maybe it's cause it was like raspy and shitty. And like, it wasn't like, it, again, sound like a kid on a box call. And I'm like, well, maybe it's that, that guy back there. So I call and then it does it again, but then it shuts up like mid, like I mimicked it and like it shut up midway. I'm like, I think that's a hen. I look like 50 yards to my left and here's this hen on the roost, like, like ready to pitch down, but she's not pitching down into the field where I am. She is going down into the field below this guy. So I'm like, well, I think that she wasn't a dominant hen. So she just pitched down and went the other way. So as I'm looking at this hen, like I've got my gun up and I'm like going like this, like calling. And then I, I go like this and I call behind me and a gobbler responds behind me 200 yards away. The other one has shut up. So as I like go like this and look forward, there is a bird in full strut directly behind my decoy, like walking over this little knoll with, with, with my decoy sitting there. So <clears throat> I had my red dot on, and like I get my gun up, and I look down my sight, but it's not bright enough. Because I had it set for like darker and like this has five settings for like brightness. So I'm sitting there like waiting and like this bird is just like doing its thing, like doing its little dance around the decoy, like not a care in the world. So it gets behind the decoy. I get my red dot like where I want it. And he walks right to the right of the decoy, like going around to face it. And his head just popped. I saw the beard. I saw like his head pop up a little bit. And I'm like, you're done. You know, like <laughs> I, I put it, I put it on the neck. And um, for those of you that uh, that we've talked about this for, Aaron Satterfield loaded me loads where he told me he goes 40 yards and in. He goes, it's because the bird will not move. People say these things like, oh, a bird won't move. Okay, this bird was at 25 yards. I shot it, and the bird didn't kick it didn't flop it didn't do anything it went straight down and did not move <laughs> and i thought something wrong happened like i jacked out the round i like ran up there like put my gun pointed at it and like the bird is not moving but its mouth is like like moving so i put my foot down on it it flops and this thing is just it was done like done done like i aaron thank you for the load because i i no, never in a million years 
every hunting show I've ever watched, um, every everything I've ever watched, turkeys flop. This did not move. Like I, it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. And that bird came in completely silent, did not make a single noise, and <clears throat> um, I think I shot him at legal shooting. It was six twenty. I might have shot him at six forty five. Like it, it, it was, it was early. It when you was sent us a message. It was early. Um, so, um, I just sent a picture of the shell. Um, cause it was only one shell this year. Only one. Only one. It was only one. It wasn't six, not, 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 not $70 worth of TSS. <laughs> um, and yeah, that damn thing just went down. So I'm like, well, I get, I get all my stuff and, uh, I've, I've, I think about it. I'm like. There's a guy hunting right up over here. You don't want to go ruin his set. So then I'm like stuck with the predicament. I'm like, do I wait in this field for like another hour and try to not like disturb this guy? Or like, like what do I do here? So I'm, I'm like, okay, well, there's a cattle path here. I'm like, I'll, I'll walk down the cattle path and I'll, I'll go out that way. Well, the thing that I don't think about is, is that the cattle path stops because there's a barbed wire fence because it goes into the other person's property. So I have to walk by this guy. And like at this point, like he knows I've shot, so like I'm I'm like I'm walking out, and it, like you're flaunting this bird, I'm, I'm this, this bird over my shoulder, <laughs> <laughs> like like I waved the guy. He's like like gives like a fist pump in the air, and like I give him a thumbs up, and I keep walking. So um, when I shot the bird, though, uh, Pierce had said he goes, "Man, it doesn't even look like you hit that bird." So, I get back to my truck, or I get to the creek where I took that picture. I am covered in blood. <laughs> like, just drenched from, like, mid-back to my boots in blood. Um, all over my pack, all over my vest. It went through my pants oh, onto geez. my onto my, uh, my thermals. Um, <clears throat> so, like... Like, I, 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 like, basically have to, like, strip down to, like, my long underwear, um, like, to drive home at this point. Because I, like, I don't want to get blood all over my seats. But, um, <laughs> I say all that to say this. Uh, I had made a promise that when I killed a bird, um, the night before someone was making fun of me on our group chat, Cam, and, <laughs> uh... I said, I'm going to shoot a bird tomorrow, and I'm going to take a bottle of bourbon with me, and I'm going to drink. I said, I had, I had just the bottle of bourbon that I wanted to do it with. I had a bottle of Willett Family Special Reserve. Um, it's a rare release. I'd bought it two years ago. It's a rye, and I had just like a tiny bit left in it, like just enough for like one good drink out of it. Um, so I sat on my tailgate at 8 a.m. and had myself a celebratory drink. And uh, I was just like, dude, I was on cloud nine when that damn bird did not move. Like, I, I'm still smiling thinking about it because I'm still like, I'm still like thinking about it in the way that I was dumb to think like something wrong happened. <laughs> but it, it it was it was so much fun. So like, I've got one I've got one Kentucky tag filled. Yep. 
Um, I've promised Bruce that uh, on May 1st that I'm going to go back. I'm going to call for him. He went out today. He said birds are everywhere. <clears throat> um, and I believe him now. Like, there, there's there's no doubt in my mind that there's birds everywhere around his farm and on his farm. Uh, so I'm going to call for him, and I want to get – he's not killed a tom off of his property. So the goal is at this point to kill him – to get him a tom um, – his first time on his property. And hopefully, uh, if a second one comes in, I don't care if it's a Jake or a Gobbler, because I mean, I'd love to double double up. Like, yeah. if I have that opportunity, I'm going to take it. Um, I would like to fill a Gobbler tag. I want I want to fill my tag with a Tom. Um, but if it gets late in the day, I'll pull the Jake break with no problem. <laughs> um, you know, first legal bird for me, a lot of times, you know, th- this bird... Um, was pushing to like it ha- it has a five inch beard so i mean it was getting it, it was right at that point where like i don't know it, it it was either born super early um or late in one of the years previous but mm-hmm. it was uh it, it was it was a nice bird but so <clears throat> that leads us to um so that's why i'm drinking the wild turkey master's keep because um i'm celebrating yeah, so uh Yesterday, that, that was yesterday. That was Friday. Friday. So you got us. So this morning, I didn't have to do anything. I, I actually got to sleep in while <laughs> everyone else um, decided to get up at the ass crack of dawn and go turkey hunting for Ohio. So I'm going to let you take this part away. Yeah. So we're recording this on a Saturday. Today was Ohio's opening day. Um, I had been talking with my my father. My my father just turned fifty. Um, what last week? He's never killed a turkey before. I don't even know if he's ever been turkey hunting. And we've we still have some trail cameras around our property. We've been getting pictures of of toms on these cameras. nice birds too. Yeah, yeah. I'll occasionally send them in the group, and some pretty decent birds. So we had been talking last week, and he was like, "Hey, I want to go turkey hunting opening day." I'm like, "Cool." I'm like, and I would like to get a tom i've never shot a tom yet as we discussed yeah. in the last project <laughs> but i told him i was like i was like all right we'll go out opening day i'll film i'll call you got the gun and we're like okay so i got there this morning and it was kind of nice not having to get up super early isn't it nice <laughs> like it's so nice like there, there's there's something about so you you got to experience my morning like when I wake up early like I just sound like dog hell like I <laughs> I, I feel awful um, my allergies are in like full effect if I've not had enough sleep my body just like nope we're gonna like make every like piece of mucus in your body like expunge I and to be clear I don't smoke cigarettes I don't smoke cigars like my body just hates me like at, at like three and four o'clock in the morning like it's <laughs> it's just I don't know if it's an adverse response to getting up that early or whatever but it's so nice not having to get up early yep. isn't it. You sounded like a thirty-year smoker. Oh my god, it's awful! <laughs> it's awful. Um, yeah, but it was. I, I still had like a fifty-five-minute drive to my father's place, but I didn't. I got there at like I don't know five till six because where we're going to set up, there's a small cove on the property that's I don't know a couple hundred yards from the house. It's it's essentially right behind the house. So I got there, you know, five till six. My father comes out. And he's being loud. <laughs> he comes out of the garage, like, talking full volume. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what? 
I was like, you got to whisper. Yeah. I was like, be quiet. <laughs> he's like, oh, sorry. And then he's got a, my, my stepmother was going to work this morning. So he like gets in her car, slams the door. He's got to turn it around. In the <sighs> so I like have my car parked there. I'm shaking my head. I'm like, have you, have you been hunting before? And <laughs> my father's the one that took me hunting when I was younger and he got me into it. So it it's a, like taking a five-year-old. Yeah, that's a rhetorical <laughs> question. <laughs> so I'm just shaking my head. So we get ready and we go out and set up in this field or this little cove on our property where we had been, been mm-hmm. getting pictures of these birds. Now, the pictures we had been getting had been kind of spread out throughout the day. A lot of them were in the afternoon. And then, as, as most know, during, I think it's the first week of Ohio's season, yeah. you can only hunt until noon. Until noon. And a lot of the pictures were, like, afternoon and, and mid-afternoon. And I was like, uh, we'll sit here and we'll see what happens. Because we had been getting pictures of some hens in the mornings. And we're like, well, hopefully a hen will, you know, bring a Live bring a decoy. Yeah, a live decoy. Bring a, bring a tom with her. So... We sit up there, and then we he got this property April or May of 2019, mm-hmm. and um, we've this is the first time we've really hunted turkeys on it, and just from the past couple of years of being around there, we knew there were birds around there. There's there's this landlocked field on the north side of the property where we'll see some strutters, mm-hmm. you know, during the springtime during turkey season. And uh, we knew there were birds around there. We weren't quite sure how many, but on, based on the camera, we knew there were at least, you know, a couple different toms around yeah. there. So we're sitting there. We start hearing some birds go off, and then the woods just starts lighting up. I mean, we heard I, – I was not expecting to hear that many birds. Mm-hmm. Granted, they weren't on our property. They were on neighboring properties. Yeah. But we started hearing – you know, two or three go off over here on a neighbor, mm-hmm. and then another two or three off behind us on a different neighbor, and then another three on another neighbor. And I'm like, holy cow! Like, lots of birds in the area. There's birds all around here. And granted, most of these neighbors have other open fields, mm-hmm. so it's like in our small little cove. I'm like, I'm like, man, I'll call a little bit and then see if we can just bring a bird over here. Yeah, because our our little cove field area, not like a prime destination to go to mm-hmm. so we're hearing these birds throughout the morning and i'm like doing some light calling and different things and um we had some birds get close there was so behind us was a creek system it kind of drops down behind us goes into a creek it's a pretty steep drop off behind us but then goes up onto another small ridge and we heard a tom on that opposite ridge i mean he might have been like 100 yards from mm-hmm. us and he gobbles intermittently i'm like man he's if he crosses the creek he's gonna come to our left i was looking i was talking with my father i was like if he stays over there i'm like we may have to just go all the way around our property and try and get on the other ridge where he's Mm -hmm. at and maybe call him up to us you know be on the same level yeah so we wait there i mean it's like eight o'clock at this point he that bird goes quiet so we're just kind of sitting there chilling out we're debating on what to do and uh, we're looking back through our trail cam photos and when we were getting pictures of some of these hens, they were between like 9, 9.30. Mm-hmm. So we're like, yeah, let's you know, let's sit here, stay here in this one spot until like 9.30. And then if, if nothing's happening, then we'll get up and move. Um, so we're sitting there and I'm kind of just lightly calling, um, playing with my pot call, the Fueled by the fueled Outdoors. By the, yeah, yeah, Fueled, fueled by, by the, the outdoors. outdoors. Jesus. <laughs> Good job, Rick. <laughs> so, um, you know, practicing... <clears throat> 
purring and, and clucking and, and doing a few things just intermittently. And then we're sitting there and it's probably almost nine o'clock. And I think I was texting you guys in the group and my dad like starts frantically tapping me on the arm. He's sitting up to my right and I'm to the left of him on a tree. I got my camera and everything set up. Mm-hmm. He's like, bird, bird. And I look off and from the cove we were in out in front of us, like a hundred yards or so, there's a pond that they had redug and then kind of diagonal to our right is their house which is i don't know 250 300 yards well maybe i'm glad you clarified that because that house looks a lot closer in the video it okay it might be like 200 yards it's <laughs> it's pretty close well we were expecting these birds to either come directly from our left up from the woods on the, from the neighboring property or directly from the right on this little cove because there's a deer path that kind of walks mm-hmm. up the little hillside and up into that that little clearing well, these birds pop out up near the pond, closer towards the house. Oh. And it was a hen. And we're like, we see her and we freeze. And she saw something she didn't like. She just turned around and kind of went back the way she came. So I started doing some light crawling. Um, you know, we had we had a couple of decoys out in front of us, like 20 yards. Mm-hmm. So we had like a half strutting jake and a hen. So I'm just doing some light calling. Another handful of minutes go by, maybe 10 minutes, and then we see these birds pop out again. And it happened to be two hens. They come from over by the pond, work their way out in front of us. They're like, I don't know, 60, 70 yards, maybe 60 yards in front of us. And from where the pond, they just had the pond redug last mm-hmm. week. There's still kind of a mound of dirt out there um, that was out in front of us. Okay, that makes more sense. And now that I'm that I know what this with the video that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Okay. So the birds start they start dusting themselves. Yeah. Um, it was pretty cool. My father had never seen that before. I've never I've I've actually never seen that on video. Yes, I I got it all on video. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had only seen it once before, and I happened to be driving past a bird that was doing it almost near the roadside. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was those these two birds were there dusting themselves. It was kind of neat to watch. And we're sitting there and we're watching them do, do this. And another five minutes goes by. And then my dad all of a sudden goes, Tom, Tom. And then over to our right, where that deer trail was, the, the deer trail that I was just talking about, I see this just bright red head. And I, and I see the beard swinging. And at this point, I don't. I had turned my camera off from the hens that were dusting because I was filming them. I turned them off. So the hens were dusting like while these other tom, these toms walked into the field. It was just the one tom. Yeah. Okay, and okay. He, he was still on the wood line, but he popped up and they were still dusting. And uh, so I turned my camera on real quick. I tell my dad not to move because he's over to our right. I mean, we have like a little the little stake blind out in front of us, but he was to our right enough to where he could potentially see us. Yeah. So I'm like sitting there telling me that. I'm like, don't move, don't move. And I'm like slowly getting the camera back on. One hen works towards him, and he's standing on this wood line, and my father doesn't have a clear shot at him. And uh, I got the camera turned over there, and we're like waiting, waiting. Well, the, the tom finally pops back out of the wood line, and he's walking down the, essentially along the wood line along this little field. And my dad's not moving. I'm like, I'm like, in my head, and the, it was... The bird was probably 40, 45 yards at this mm-hmm. point, or maybe 40. And, and in my head, I'm like, well, maybe he doesn't realize he could shoot that far, right? Because my, my father's not a gun hunter at all. 
I don't mm-hmm. know if he's ever <clears throat> killed anything with a shotgun. He might have when he was younger, but really, he's mainly a bow hunter. Yeah. And uh, I'm telling him, I'm like, I'm like, you can shoot to there. I'm like, you're good to like seventy. I'm like, get your gun. <laughs> <laughs> and the the bird kind of is facing away from us and slowly working away. So he like starts getting his gun up. I'm like, slowly. I'm like, make sure your safety's off. I'm like, talking to him like he's my son, trying to talk him <laughs> through this. It's a, a whole different perspective. And uh, so he eventually gets his gun up, and the bird. I, I ranged it afterwards. It was 48 yards. My my father, b- before all this, he was really worried about shooting towards the house. Yeah. And then our neighbor was, their house was kind of catty corner to our left. Ours was catty corner to the right. The neighbor's catty corner to the left. I mean, it was a few hundred yards away. But he's real paranoid with guns. He's like, I don't want to shoot anywhere near a house. So this bird wasn't strutting or anything like that. Was right. kind of working away from us. But it was angled perfectly where it wasn't any near any houses. Nice. So I'm like, tell my father, I'm like, <clears throat> aim at the base of the neck. Like, I'm on him. Like, if you get a shot, take it. And then he just lays the hammer on it, and this bird rolls. Well, my father never shot a turkey. And from being around Chris, I know Chris likes to get up and go over and make you, sure that bird You go up and you make sure yeah. that bird is done. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, birds sure flop done. and they'll run. Yeah. So this bird didn't <clears throat> flop. Like, it just hit the ground. And I kind of see it moving, like, a little bit, but it wasn't flopping. I told my dad, I'm like, get up, go, go. And he's, like, not moving. I'm like, get up and go toward the, toward the bird. <laughs> and so, and then he, like, kind of half, like, is strutting. And I'm like, what are you doing? And I take off running towards this bird and, like, when I get towards it, then it starts flopping, and then I, you know, yeah. step on him. <clears throat> then he comes up, and and I high five him. He's like, "I didn't know I was supposed to run up. I've never shot a bird." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I was like, yeah, but it could, it, there's a potential it could get away." But yeah. we were high five, and it was a cool experience. It was a nice bird. Yeah, his very first turkey ever on his this property he just bought a few years ago. Um, it was roughly around the 20-pound mark. It had an inch and a quarter spurs, 10-and-a-half-inch beard. Nice bird. It was a nice bird. I was pumped. And then my father has yet to take a deer off this property. I've taken Really? It. Yeah. <clears throat> he had an opportunity last year. I told him to go. One of the bigger bucks ran a camera and walked right past the stand and told him to sit in. And he <sighs> anyway, I've taken deer off this property the past two seasons. Yeah. We've been able to deer hunt it. So he's like, well, I guess you shoot the big bucks on here, and I shoot <laughs> the big birds. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but we, we were stoked. It was it was a fun uh, uh, father-son experience. That's awesome, man. Like, yeah. th- that's, that's, that's so cool that you, got to, that you got to do that and that, uh, like, your dad got his first bird with you. Yep. Like, and I don't think there's that many people that can say, like, you know, you you got your dad his first bird. Mm-hmm. Like, if I think of, like, when my dad got his first bird, it was probably 30 years before I, I was born. Yep. Um, first bird at the age of 50. Man, that's awesome. That, that's awesome. Yeah, like, just, just for anybody who's listening, like, I know, like, you, if, if you're, like, questioning, like, well, why are they running up on these birds after they get knocked down? Uh, turkeys are notorious for when you hit them, they will roll. You will think they are dead, and they will get up and they will run. Yeah, um, especially I've with like a farther shot. With a farther like, shot, if especially. You don't get a lot of pellets in the head, and you get more in the body. But yep. they can get up and, and take off. Yep. Um, yeah, like I'll, I'll never forget. So I was. Um, it, it, I felt like redemption almost when I when I watched it. 
So I was watching an episode of Meteor one time, and Ranella sh- like got drawn for an elk tag in Colorado, or uh, it was no, he did it was just OTC tag, hmm. um, in Colorado from muzzleloader, and he shoots this bull, and the bull collapses, and then it gets back up and runs away. Oh, I think I think I, I watched that. As yeah, well. so like, I mean, <clears throat> turkeys do the exact same thing. Like I, I have roll like flat out rolled a bird and i know chris has too um and like they're on the ground flopping and you're like yeah i got them and then they'll get their feet underneath them and then they will start running mm-hmm. um like if you don't hit them in like and again like you said the perfect thing like you shoot at the neck you don't shoot at the head you shoot at the neck because you want center of mass going straight towards that neck so if you're high you hit it in the head if you're low you will roll it, but you're still going to get pellets in the neck to where it's probably going to expire anyways. Yep. Um, or it's going to give you enough time to get up there to get a second shot or put your foot on its neck. So just, just kind of keep that in mind as you are getting out there this turkey season. So um, turkey season in Ohio has just started. Um, yeah. I mean, this is day one. I'm going out. Tomorrow morning. <laughs> Tomorrow. Uh, it should be a much better day. We have much better. Much better weather tomorrow. Much better weather. I can't talk. Much <laughs> much better weather <laughs> tomorrow. So it should be a good day. I'm going with my buddy Christian. Good. At his farm. Uh, we'll both have our, have our guns. I took. I've killed three birds. Yeah. Um, all have been Jakes. Two of the Jakes I have taken have been on this farm that I'm going to tomorrow. Nice. Um, but there's Toms around there. Um, the past, I don't know, three years that we've tr- turkey hunted here, we've mm-hmm. seen Toms there. Just haven't had an opportunity at one. Um, so the goal tomorrow is to put a Tom on the ground. Good deal. Yep. Good deal. All right. So I've got, uh, well, concluder. Yeah. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, go first. Uh, I guess my concluder, I was thinking about this earlier, um, going back to, I guess, what we were talking about earlier is being, um, just being flexible with your hunting strategy and adapting on the fly. Mm -hmm. Um, Just be willing to do that and try something new. Uh, That is what made us successful on some high-pressured public land, Mm -hmm. that opening weekend of Kentucky. Um, It really opened my eyes to how flexible you need to be with all the pressure. And, man, those birds over there, they were not doing what you would think a turkey would typically do. No, they were not. Like the exact opposite. And we were on birds all day. Like, yeah. I want I want to, I, I do, I do want to interject there. Um, we were on birds all day because we decided to be adaptive to the situations that we were in. And we looked at what, like, things were going on around us. And we kind of honed in on a couple spots. And this is where, you know, when Josh was on here last week when we were talking about e-scouting, this is where e-scouting did help us, mm-hmm. I feel like, a little bit. Um, we went to some areas that we were like, well, people aren't going to be there. And sure enough, there was birds there. Yep. There was birds there. People weren't there. Even when we were being mobile mm-hmm. moving around and, and trying to get on some of these birds, like, we didn't run into anyone. Right. They were staying up near these fields. And then once these birds figured out there was pressure, like, the birds weren't on the fields. See, in, in that—that's what amazes me. Um, 
with 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 turkey hunters in the I guess I guess I guess I consider this the Midwest because it's definitely not the South. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that I was raised to learn how, and I, I turkey hunted was big woods. Like I I never, with the exception of one farm, I never really hunted fields except for on one big farm that we had permission on. Um, every other turkey hunt that I ever went on as a kid was always in the woods. So I learned first and foremost to um, hunt turkeys in, in woods versus fields. And I think most guys, your general turkey hunter, will learn on a field versus being in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I cannot stress the importance of like how, how much that like helps understanding, you know, a situation like that. Now the damn bird in Kentucky, like it, it was just, we couldn't get on it. Just, we, we could not get on that bird. It was, what I didn't mention earlier is we got back on that bird in that ravine the second day and probably tried to work in on it for two mm-hmm. hours. Jesus. We took the same strategy of someone going at the far end of the creek and someone setting up at the other end, mm-hmm. kind of working towards it. Uh, Chris ended up seeing the bird briefly, and then it went up the hillside, and we didn't get a shot. Probably either. had seven beards and has been alive for like eight <laughs> years or something like that. But so, I mean, I've, I've, my, my concluder is, uh, as always, if you have the opportunity to take someone hunting this year, um, or get out and help somebody, you never know, uh, what you're, what you're going to be able to do, uh, with with regards to that kind of stuff, I'm I'm real. I am super excited to be able to go with my buddy Bruce and and call for him, and we're gonna, we're going to have this really cool opportunity to hopefully get him his first tom. Um, I had another point, but I forget because the bourbon is starting to set in. <laughs> um, it's good if you, if you guys uh, ever find a bottle of a uh, Master's Keep, I highly suggest paying whatever they're asking for it and getting it. Um, we, we plan on doing a, a bourbon podcast. We are. So we, we should discuss this, actually. Um, <laughs> we're going to do a bourbon podcast. Um, we're not converting over to bourbon, but I, I generally do feel um, that it is an integral part of hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you go to deer camp, when I go to deer camp, um, we always have bourbon. Uh, when we celebrate after skinning a deer, we always have bourbon where I'm at. And when I kill a turkey, it is, we celebrate with bourbon. We're supposed to have a bottle of rare breed at, uh, the WMA and, uh, all kind of go somewhere and celebrate together. But, uh, that was my mistake in not reminding Chris to to bring it. Chris locked Luke out. That opening weekend, he also forgot the bourbon. Yeah, so I mean, it it is it is it is what it is. But um, yeah, we're gonna do a bourbon podcast, uh, uh, and and like maybe after turkey season, maybe after turkey yeah, season. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, with, with regards to that, turkey season is just kind of getting underway. Um, be courteous to people on public land if if you're if you're out there. It's not hard. It's not tough. And nine times out of ten, you're you're going to still get on birds. Mm -hmm. Like you, you will get on a bird. You will get, you'll start calling. You'll find one. It's, it's, I don't want to say it's not hard because it is hard. Like there, there's some areas where it's just, it's flat out hard, but just be mindful of other people and, uh, be safe out in the woods. That's of ultimate importance is when you're walking through guys sets, when you are going in like where other hunters are, 
you run the risk of getting hurt, and that is the last thing that anybody ever wants. So just just kind of be mindful of that stuff as as you go through turkey season. And um, I'm willing to bet Chris will be back next week. Um, yeah, he should be back next week once him and his family get all settled in. Yeah, so, I mean, hopefully he gets an opportunity to go turkey hunting at some point this yeah, season. Yeah, he talked about maybe going Monday, which, no? which will be the day this comes out. Yeah, the day this comes out. So hope, hopefully he gets out and he gets able to do that. But, um, you're like I said, you're getting to be a frequent guest here. You're like a third. You're this like is a, my, I'm, a, I'm the fourth time. You're on club. a four-timer club. You you and Matt Amrine. Yeah, Matt so. Amrine. You, <laughs> you and I are tied right now. So, I mean, I'm, I mean this is... Uh, I'm glad we're going to do these in person now. Like it, yes. it sucked. Like it didn't suck. Like when we had to do these over zoom, like for the entire year of the pandemic, but it's nice to be able to like sit down. And when my dogs aren't barking their heads off, um, and squeaking toys like that one just did, um, to be able to like sit down and do this kind of stuff. This is a hell of a lot more enjoyable than, you know, a whole lot of other things. So I appreciate you coming over and, yeah, thanks for having um, me yeah, you're welcome. So, yeah, I still can't remember that other that other point, but if I if I think of it, I'll put it in the line notes. But uh, this has been Fueled by the Outdoors. I've been your host, Rick Cates, and I've been joined by Josh Luck this evening. And if you're out in the woods today, tomorrow, or this week, good luck to you. And we will talk at you later. Bye. See ya. And that will do it for our podcast today. Please remember to subscribe, like, review on all major podcasting platforms. We are available on Apple, Google, TuneIn, CastBox, Spotify, and all other major podcasting platforms. As always, we are available for contact at theeliteoutdoors1 at gmail.com. That is theeliteoutdoors, the number one, at gmail.com. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you next time. Hey everybody, this is Kyle Veet, host of the Ozark Podcast, a show where we sit down with outdoorsmen of the Ozark Mountains region to talk all things hunting and fishing. Just like the outdoorsmen who live here, we follow the seasons and interview regional experts on everything from bear hunting, to fishing for smallmouth and trout, and discussing big questions like what happened to all the quail in the southeast. If you're enjoying this show, then I know you'll enjoy the Ozark Podcast. You can listen to the show on all podcasting platforms and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.